Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Providence Crier podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. And join with me as he is every week. BOC, follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Uh, today is Tuesday, November 9th, and it is the official start of the college basketball season. PC opening up against Fairfield, um, 7 p.m. tip at the dunk. Uh, very exciting, very packed show that we have uh, for you today. But before that, we do want to start with the events that unfolded over this past weekend uh, at PC involving point guard Jared Bynum um, apparently a bunch of cars uh, that were in one of the parking lots sound like a new parking lot because I I'd never heard of it before uh, but uh, all the uh, a bunch of the cars in the parking lot were vandalized um, with people writing racial slurs onto the windshields uh, with frost and stuff like that and so you know it turned out not According to uh, the developments of the story over the past few days, um, it turned out that it's not a PC student that was it was involved in, as originally thought, which I guess is a good thing. But at the same time, that really shouldn't matter at all. Um, you know, that kind of stuff is just not acceptable, not tolerated, not okay at all, really. Um, and to to have that happen to the PC community, especially when you know we're about to have the season opener and there's a lot of excitement and all that just an awful thing to, to have happen. Um, and I think, you know, we'd be remiss not to bring it up um, that, you know, I think there's no place for that. Right. We're in such a divisive time in our country right now in the world in general. Uh, these are first and foremost students at Providence college. Um, and let's remember that we shall unify as one and there's just no place for that. So um you know, I think we moved past it, but it's just a horrendous thing to happen and all the best of Byron. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it, it was interesting because I, I was kind of doing some digging on it over the weekend. Uh, and when they initially thought it was students, there was security footage that I saw. And like, I don't know. I, I don't know how they could quickly tell that it wasn't PC students, to be honest with you. But um, obviously they're working with you know, more information than I am uh, as a fan, just trying to follow along here. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think just the final point to it, again, it shouldn't matter that it was or wasn't a member of the P uh, PC campus um, that, that participated in the act. It's just, again, intolerable, unacceptable. And uh, we'll go from no there, I guess. No place for it. No place yeah, for it no, at all. No, Stupid. No. So, 
Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so now we can get into the show. Um, you know, got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to open up with our uh, article that we posted on the Clatter the other night uh, regarding our bold predictions for the season. And then, um, you know, we'll take a break and, and then wrap up with our uh, some thoughts on, on the Fairfield game and, and other things that are going on uh, with the start of the college basketball season. So, BLC, you came up with the idea for us to do our bold takes for the season. Um, you had you did yours. I think you had like five of them. I had four of them, something like that. Uh, if you didn't read it, uh, go check it out, theprovincecrier.com. I'm just going to kind of expound on a little bit each of the ones that we we're talking about. Um, so let's start with let's let's start with postseason success, shall we? So yeah. you put that you thought PC would finally make that run, make a sweet 16 this year, getting the monkey off Cooley's back that you can't get out uh, past the first weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I want a different route, uh, you know, with me in not having expectations, I don't want to be disappointed this year. So no expectations for me. So I thought a way around that uh, instead of saying they will make the tournament, they will make uh, sweet 16, you know, Cryer Prophecy, Final Four. No, no. I decided to go with just a Big East tournament run. You know why? Because anyone can win the Big East tournament, right? Everyone makes it now. Uh, and you look last year, Georgetown, um, they make their run after being in, what was it, like eighth in the conference or something like that? So I think that's where I'm at. But you obviously have a little more loftier goals here. So uh, Sweet 16, let's hear it. Yeah. So who would have thought at the start of this partnership that I would be the more optimistic of the two, uh, how how times have changed. Um, you know, I actually, I don't think this is all that bold of a take. I know Cooley hasn't made it to the sweet 16, but the the pieces are in place. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about it on the podcast and in articles, they have four starters returning, which is consistency is a good thing. Even if the team was mediocre last year, Having some consistency is a great thing. Um, so not only do we have four starters returning, we have a very old team. So we have starters returning. We have an old team, I think. So Watson is a fifth-year senior. Horkler is a sixth-year senior. Uh, Durham's a fifth-year senior. Reeves is a senior. Bynum is in his mm-hmm. probably his fourth collegiate year, so, right? Right. I mean, he's probably yeah. been in college for four years, yeah. Yeah, so they have experience, you know, um, and that, and that goes a long way. And traditionally, when you see teams make a run in the NCAA tournament, it is a lot about matchups, uh, for sure. But a lot of teams that make NCAA tournament runs have veteran guards, veteran backcourt. Um, that seems to be the straw that stirs a drink. And we have that with Durham, Bynum, and I guess to a lesser extent, Breed, even though he's just a sophomore. And then, you know, to conclude, not only do we have all those things, all those things are the makings for a nice – we'll call it a Cinderella team. We also have star power. Like everybody is discounting that. I think, you know, we're the big part of the Nate Watson fan club here. I think he's going to potentially put together, I put in one of the bold takes, he could potentially put together an All-American type campaign. So am I probably overly bullish on this team? Yeah, but I think if you look at it rationally and logically, it it's not too far-fetched. So that's, uh, that's my level-headed approach to my bold take. All right, well, uh, I'm not going to say I hate it because obviously I, I would love to 
see the squad uh, make a trip to the Sweet 16. Um, so I like that you bring up the Nate Watson thing because because uh, I obviously I saw your takes, but I when I read the one about All American, I thought you meant first team, and now I'm looking at the article right now and I see that you're not going to get too crazy and say first team, which yeah. which I, I think that's totally fair because um, listen, I'm with you. I think. Watson's in for a monster campaign uh, for his super season season or senior season, excuse me. Um, so I'll agree with you. I just think the competition nationally, you know, PC is not the only school of returning super seniors, uh, yeah. getting transfers, all that sort of thing. Um, and we've talked about it already before. This season seems to be loaded with big men. So um, while I do think Nate Watson will be a top, you know, can be a top five, top 10 big in the country with that get him an all American team. And on top of that, you got to look at like team success. That's I don't a, think they that's just probably the, on there. That's probably the biggest hurdle to him having an all American campaign. Like we, we need this PC team to be nationally relevant, which again, in my predictions, I predicted that they would be nationally ranked going into Big East play. So um, I think Watson's absolutely going to put up the numbers to war an all American season, but the biggest thing is the biggest question mark is will this PC team be good enough and nationally relevant enough to uh, give him those accolades? Well, I think a big thing that will go into that is, is uh, my prediction in regards to Reeves. I think this year, finally Reeves puts it all together and averages at least 15 points per game. And how did I get at 15? Well, I'll tell you, uh, Obviously, Friar fans are well aware of the AJ Reeves situation. Comes in, lights the world on fire uh, in his first couple games as a Friar, and then has the foot injury. Um, you know, misses about two months of the season. Comes back, really not himself, that uh, to end that season, and then really hasn't been himself the past two seasons after that. So, or at least what we saw early. Granted, non-conference competition early on. Um, there were some quality teams that, that he still put up good numbers against. So, um, but, you know, I think he can be an offensive bucket getter from the guard forward position, which they desperately need in terms of, you got Nate Watson dominating the post. Um, and so in those 10 games before he went down with injury, he averaged 14.2 points per game. Um, so I think the time is now, the fact they lost the weight, uh, th that he talked about early on um, this past offseason. And the fact that we're kind of seeing a more aggressive AJ Reeves driving the hoop and stuff like that, I, I really do think that uh, Reeves can be that running mate. And if he is, then I think we can definitely have that conversation of this team being a legit tournament contender. So so you think he's going to be the second leading scorer, scorer on this team, fair to say? Yes. Well, how about you? You gonna go Durham or something? No, it's between. If I had to choose, it'd, it'd be between um, Portler and Reeves. Okay. Like that. But again, I, I again I might be the biggest Noah Horkler fan on this planet. Yeah. So like, obviously Horkler had his improvements uh, towards the end of the season. Finally, it seemed like the speed of the game wasn't really impacting him as much as it was in the beginning in terms of defending players and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. I, the only thing I question about that is because I just don't know. I feel like Cooley wants Orkler to have a role and do his role. And that's basically set, 
set some screens at the top, top of the uh, perimeter, um, you know, maybe sack back and, and t- hit a couple threes and grab some rebounds and stuff like that. I don't know if, you know, the offense will necessarily run through. Obviously, it won't run through Warkler or even Reeves. It's going to run through Watson, but yep. you know what I mean? I, I don't know if he's going to get enough action for him to be the second leading scorer. Although, you never know. I mean, you look at the rest of the roster, it's pretty balanced at, after Watson. So you could see some balance going there. And yeah, maybe he does finish up at second. A um, few other notes then. You had uh, entering Biggie's play nationally ranked. That would be nice. Um, I think their schedule kind of lends towards that being a possibility. Um, obviously, they can't puke on their shoes uh, in Newark, which we'll be attending. Um, but uh, you know, the I mean, Wisconsin game on the road is a tricky one, but I think Wisconsin's down this year, so you, you don't look you don't look at any of the games out of conference and you say, okay, that's an automatic loss. Like maybe we have in the past. Every single game should be winnable or will be winnable. I don't think they'll there'll be any large spreads against us. I think, you know, we have the opportunity to start hot and you go into Big East play at nine and two, maybe. And in one, you, you with wins over marquee names. Because remember, we are, even though the teams aren't that daunting, we are playing some marquee names like a Wisconsin, like a Virginia, um, like even a Texas Tech of recent. So the, the wins are the wins are there for uh, perception. And I think nine and two, maybe we're getting votes. Ten and one, we should be nationally ranked. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know. You always got to worry about those landmines uh, with some of these. Oh, I know. Games. I you know. Never know. I know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that would be, again, welcome news to my ears. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a, a few of the other ones I had free throw shooting. I think there'll be a top 25 free throw, free throw shooting team, which, um, you know, I don't have a ton of evidence on that. They were pretty bad last year. They were at like 70. I think they were 70% of the nose, which is pretty impressive if you think about it for a full season. Um, but you know, and I don't know if they necessarily gain like a great free throw shooter. Um, I think Manaya and, and Durham are reliable shooters. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I would have to take a little bit closer look at the numbers, but I just think, oh, they're hitting their free throws against Stonehill. They're hitting them against Purdue. Um, granted there's no crowds, but I mean, there was no crowds last year and they shot 70%. So who the heck knows? I'm just saying I could see it happening. welcome it uh, entirely because that season when they were second nationally in free throw shooting was just such like, just one thing you just don't, didn't have to worry about watching all, like all the close games and stuff like that uh, is their free throw shooting. Looks like just so you know, it looks like he, as a freshman, Durham was at like 71%. His best was at 81%. So you're getting anywhere the range. You're probably going to get anywhere from, 75 to 80%. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's good. I mean, Manaya, yeah. I bet you probably less than that, if I were to guess. Um, but, yeah, uh, th- that's – I mean, th- that kind of goes through all of them, I think, right? I said they'd also be a top 50 Kempom defense, which obviously is going to be another key theme to, to watch this season for this team. Obviously falling um, – I think they were like 70-something – last year yeah. in Ken Palm. 
uh, and Cooley teams. They did that the first three. They were below top 50 the first three seasons he was here. And then they went on a streak of five straight seasons where uh, they were in the top 50, sometimes in the top 25. Uh, and then last year, they fell off a bit. Um, again, I, I just think with practice, more continuity with the team, I think that will be reflective in their defensive efforts this year. And again, the pieces, you talk about the pieces, you bring in a Durham, you bring in a Mania, two guys that can defend, two guys that are long, athletic. So I, I think the defense will be fixed. That's probably my most confident of all of them, to be honest with you. Yeah, and looking at my most confident one, uh, I said Big East finishes in the top or I'm sorry, Providence finishes in the top four of the Big East. That one, I think, is not too bold of a take. I guess it maybe it is because they were ranked preseason seven in the Big East. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say that. And then Providence enters Big East. Big East play nationally ranked. Um, I think they're going to come out of the East pretty hot, in my opinion. Oh, man, you really just like the schedule. Uh, yeah, so we'll until, have to until, see. Uh, until Brad Davidson hurts one of our point guards or something like that. <laughs> Do you know there, there, you can get a flagrant now for flopping in college basketball? Yeah, good. good. Yeah, I think, you, I think you should. There were two rule changes that I, I think kind of got swept under the rug. It was that, and um, now you can essentially travel, I'm hearing. Oh, yeah, that's like the, the Imani Bates rule. There was, a clip I, there was a clip I saw on Twitter today where he moved his, both of his feet like six different times in one possession, and there was no call. <laughs> Yeah, I think like the what, rule what is like here? I think the, the letter of law, which is pretty dumb, it like essentially boils down to if you look fluid enough, like if it looks good, we won't call it. So as long as you look like athletic while you're traveling, that's fine. That's so that's so subjective too. Like somebody so looking at Bishop thing were to happen again somehow. Uh, I can't I can't even argue it because I mean I guess that kind of looked fluid. Maybe they were like testing it out in that game. Uh, uh. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, all right, so we're gonna take a quick break and then um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Fairfield uh, and then just a few of the exciting things we're looking forward to for, for this college basketball season. So, quick break here from uh, our sponsor, Anchor. And welcome back to the Province Crier Podcast. All right, so first game of the season coming up um, on tonight, 7 p.m. at the dunk. A um, few things to note. Um, obviously, they're playing Fairfield. Um, on TV, FS1's doing this roundabout coverage where they're kind of going to replicate red zone-ish for all the Big East teams. What are your thoughts on this idea, first of all? So when I'm watching red zone, it's great when my team's not playing because then I can just catch up on fantasy and all the different scores. I never watch red zone when my team is playing because I'm focused on my team. So I get what they're trying to do. It's like a pretty innovative idea. We'll see how it actually works. Yeah, um, you'll have to let us know. You're going to be our, our biggies whip I'm around coverage on the But um, yeah, I mean, as a Providence, Providence alum and a fan, I, I don't really care for it because I guess I have to watch it on the Fox Sports app, which is, which is fine, but I'd rather just watch it on T 
TV. Um, but I, you know, I, I think, I think the, uh, the Big East, the conference itself has been pretty innovative um, over the years. And this is just another step towards that. And even if it doesn't work, it's a cool idea. So I, I applaud them for that. Um, and if my, so if Providence wasn't playing tomorrow, for instance, and they were doing this, I'd be all about it. It's just, I want to watch my team. Um, so different strokes for different folks, I guess. Yeah. So I think, I think it's good that they're doing it on the opening day of the season when most of the biggest teams are playing scrub teams. Um, you know, I, I think that helps. So like, if you got like a blowout, like if you're a Villanova fan and you're just stopping uh, uh, Mount St. Mary's, like, do you want to keep watching or, or do you want to see how, how other teams are doing? Um, I kind of like the idea, but yeah, I'll agree with your overall sentiment that, um, you know, I'd rather just watch my team on FS1, but, uh, but that's fine. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, you want to talk about conferences like throughout college basketball. I feel like the biggies, their fan bases care more about the other teams in the conference more so than other conferences. I think conference realignment probably has, has to do something with that. Um, the fact that, uh, you know, everyone left the biggies for dead, like the conference is going to suck. So I think all the fan bases kind of want, especially in non-conference season to see the other biggest teams do well, uh, especially for like resume building and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, I, I do think people do care and will be interested in, in seeing it, but yeah, different strokes for different folks for sure. But anyways, so th that's the TV action. You can also catch it on the radio. Um, WPRO will be, will be having it serious. Also we'll have it. Um, I'm a serious man myself. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, but anyways, uh, so on the radio, you can find it there. And then um, gambling lines, line opened up today, all of college basketball data. I was taking a little peek at it. PC opens up as a 14-point favorite. I've seen it drop to 13 and a half. Funny that that's the line, considering that Ken Palm predicts the score to be Providence 74, Fairfield 60, with PC having a 90% win probability in the game. Um you know, we played this team last year. Um, we kind of blew them out of the water. They won by like 37 or something like that. Um, a young team, that was Jay Young's first season at Fairfield. Um, he is back. Fairfield's not projected to be one of the better teams in the MAC, but the MAC supposedly is supposed to be better than it has been in the past couple of years. So, um, you know, you got Rick Patino down at Iona. They're, they're the overwhelming favorites there, but I, I'm pretty sure the league has improved, um, which is a good thing. I, you know, it's interesting. The map, like 10 years ago, I feel like when Cooley was around stuff like that was a lot better league. I guess that's what happens when guys like Cooley, uh, Willard um, take jobs elsewhere. So, um, but the Fairfield team kind of funny. They added no one, but they lost no one. So they literally kept the same exact team that we saw last year. Um, they got that Jesus Cruz guy at the guard spot, kind of volume score. Um, you know, Supreme Cook, one of my favorite names in college hoops, freshman big man. He played a little bit off the bench that game, but as a sophomore, I believe he's expected to start. Uh, one other note on Fairfield, um, Jack Wojcik, 
W-O-J-C-K. Um, he was ineligible when PC opened up against Fairfield last year. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it was COVID or, or what it was, but he became eligible later in the season. He ends up leaving Fairfield and scoring at 13 and a half a game. Um, so he's a guy that I'm sure PC will look to. But I mean, BOC, like, I kind of go back and forth on this. It's kind of tough when you're previewing the games against such like a mid-major team. Um, it's like most of the fans aren't going to know about the team. It's like, do they even want to know about the team? I don't know. What do you think? I don't think I think I think you may know more about Fairfield than 99.9% of the population, including Fairfield fans. Um, Probably. Yeah, I think it's a, it'll be a good test, though. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how how the team comes out playing in front of a crowd. I think it's actually you made this point on the last podcast. I think it's going to be a pretty packed uh, stadium because I think people are just ready to see the team play live. Um, I actually think it might have an adverse effect at the start because they're going to play, you know, with a lot of nervous energy. They want to show the audience, you know, probably go above and beyond and be a little bit too flashy. We're probably going to start out cold and it wouldn't surprise me if then like, you know, five minutes in if we're losing, honestly, and people start to get nervous. I think eventually they'll settle, settle the nerves down, get back into the flow of things, and they'll end up winning. I predicted they'll win by 12, so they won't cover, but they'll win. Yeah, so I had um, in our, our game preview that, that's on the site, theprovincecrier.com, um, I had them winning by 17, 81-64. Um, I don't know if I'll bet on it, though. I'm kind of going <laughs> back and forth. First game of the year, but no – to your original point, though, I when I read that, I, I could totally see that happening. Like, I could totally see them coming out of the gates, rusty, sloppy, you know, Fairfield's making it a game. BOC, I, I'm in my seats. BOC, I got BOC texting me, like, out the wazoo, like, this team sticks. Like, I'm just waiting for that. Uh, he's going to be a little nervous, I bet. I could see that happening, BOC. I, I yeah, think it'll, be, it'll be like – you know, you know what I'll I'll really just lose my I'll blow my lid is when we have an out of bounds play and we just turn the ball over. That's when I'll just throw my phone across the room or something. Or, or like our first inbound to Nate Watson is like ten feet over his head and into the crowd. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like like uh, entry passage. Yeah. Oh, entry. Um, yeah. Remember last <laughs> so, remember last year like some of the entry passes like they would hit the backboard. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that they have like. Oh, that happened like three times. Like the side of the backboard. Like you'd have a guy uh, uh, on the wing tossing it into him, just bing. <laughs> like, oh my God. And you're, no, then you're just like, do these guys even crack? I am so glad last year is over with. Oh, God. I'm so excited for a new year. For sure. Um, yeah, you know, I, I do think there's a, I don't think PC is. PC is definitely going to win. But um, one thing to keep in mind, though, is Fairfield like we'll see with many teams, they're also kind of a veteran group. Those guys played us last year. They got their teeth kicked in. I'm sure they're looking to make it a little nicer on the scoreboard this time. Um, so we'll see. It, yeah. But again, they, they should wipe the floor of them. I think the real thing is I think we play St. Peter's, right, at some point this year. I'm pretty sure St. Peter's is supposed to be projected to be pretty good in that league. So – I think this is like the warm-up cupcake for the harder cupcake that we'll get later in St. Peter's. So, so uh, game's over. 
Friars win, presumably, were the maybe two or three talking points that we're talking about after the game, like takeaways from the from the game. If you had to make any predictions there, um, I think Nate goes for twenty plus, probably. I, I mean, I just think Fairfield's not going to have the size to match with him. Um, I think. I think Durham's going to impress in his debut as well. Um, I, I think from what I watched at the Stonehill game, I think Friar fans are going to be pleasantly surprised and happy what, what he brings to the team. Um, yeah. Just his comfort level with the ball, just, just the way he plays. Like, you're going to watch him and you're just going to be like, all right, this guy knows what he's doing. Like, that's good. <laughs> I'll add, I think that's a good point, by the way. Um, both of those points. I'll add one other thing. I think <clears throat> the depth of this team will be talked about is I think all starters scoring double figures. Okay. Do you think do you think Cooley goes long rotation though for this one? We know we saw them go a shorter one against Purdue, but only only for garbage if, time. Yeah, only if only if we're blowing them out, then we'll put then we'll put a longer rotation or a deeper rotation in. I like. I personally like. I think everybody who listens to this knows where I stand. I want. I want the rotation to be eight players max, um, unless there's foul troubles or injuries or anything like that. Uh, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. Um, I, I want to see a pretty tight rotation. I think we've seen that in the two scrimmages. Um, so I'm hoping to see that. But I think all five starters score in double figures, and we start talking about the balance scoring, and uh, that I think that may be actually a theme for them the majority of the year although who knows maybe they come out scuffling like you think could it possibly happen and uh Cooley just rips fonts off the bench and throws them in there who knows don't don't put that in the air please <laughs> but um all right so, so just wrapping up here um BLC, give me two things you're really excited about for this college basketball season non-pc related but just in general yep um, one thing I'm not excited about, and I'll start here, is the Coach K farewell tour. I cannot wait. Oh, my God. I just want that to stop. He came out to, like, uh, Cascada when they announced it. It's just enough's enough. Like, Yes, yeah, when is Cascada, like, the theme song? I mean, I have, uh, no, I have no idea. So I'm not looking forward to that. Um, well, so I'm looking forward to seeing some of the stud freshmen play. I think that's going to be really interesting because a lot of the – like last year, there were a lot of stud freshmen or stud high schoolers who went the semi-pro route, like the G League. I'm excited to see more of those uh, players in college basketball. It's always nice to see like the flash new toy. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Memphis puts it all together. Um, and I also, I'm a little bit biased because I do follow North Carolina a fair amount. I'm interested to see the differentiation in coaching styles and just between Hubert Davis and Roy Williams. Like I think the two big men in the post and like posting them up down there is long gone because I think Davis is implementing more of a NBA style where, uh, you know, maybe one big down low and four in the perimeter. So those are a couple of things I'm interested in. All right. So my, my list of a few as well uh, was also going to be hating the coach K farewell tour. <laughs> um, get this guy out of here. Like, but like, I'm just going to like all the stuff is going to be so cringy. And hey, as UNC as your cheat team, do you think UNC cheers Coach K in his game of the Dino? Yes, I do too. But I'd boo if I was there. Yeah, I... and cared about UNC. Um, 
but yeah, I, like I kind of hope the season's like as bad as last year. That, that'd just be I'm, hilarious. Like that'd be so funny. Then the, <laughs> then the then the back issues come into play. Yeah, the and then comes like, early. And then saying like, hey, I think everyone should be in the tournament. They're like, we should cancel the tournament. Well, Coach K, like uh, we're pretty much, well, knock on wood, past COVID uh, impacting the tournament, Coach K. Like uh, we're not canceling it. Although they might, they might do it for him. ESPN might find a way. Just like call CBS, broker a deal for Coach K. Um, so I'm into that. I also, Bill Walton, another season of Bill Walton is going to be epic. I, like I saw a tweet of him at at uh, Pac-12 Media Day, and he's just like cracking jokes with everyone. It's just typical Walton self. I love watching Bill Walton, Pac-12 After Dark. It's a passion of mine. Uh, and then... Let's see. I'll go with with my blue blood cheat team, Kansas. Interested to see how this whole Remy Martin situation plays out. Yeah, Remy yeah. Martin, if you don't remember, was a preseason first team All American selection for Arizona State last year. Arizona State last year under uh, Bobby Hurley was pretty awful. He was not good at all. Not even close to a uh, a All American. And then you know now coming to Kansas, apparently him. And, and uh, Bill Self are already kind of battling each other. <laughs> are they? I didn't. I didn't realize that. that. That's not surprising, though. Apparently, like he's like Self didn't start him in the scrimmage, and then like put him in, and then Remy Martin like ripped off ten points, and he was so pissed though because Remy Martin just did whatever he wanted to and like didn't run the offense. <laughs> so that should be interesting. Um, but yeah, just having having people back in the stadiums, the rivalries. I am all for it. I'm jacked up. I'll be going. Can't wait. I'll, I'll be there at the dunk tomorrow. BOC will not be at the dunk tomorrow. However, we do have some news to announce. Uh, BOC is now a season ticket holder. He has quite the commute from Hoboken. But, uh, but you know, like I've told him and like he realized himself, the tickets pay for themselves. They're not that expensive. <laughs> well, it's it, – it's, if you – so I – I'm a numbers you guy. Justify it. Yeah. I'm a I'm a numbers guy. And it's not even a rationalization. It's true. So like I envision myself realistically going to at a minimum three games at Providence this year. So your URI and then one of the marquee games like Villanova and probably UConn at a minimum, right? Because there's a ton of Saturday games. So my schedule allows it. If theoretically I wanted to go on a one-off basis and buy tickets there, those tickets will probably go for at a minimum hundred bucks, maybe a seat. So just, it pays for itself. If you go to three games, it it's a deal. So to me, as I said, as a numbers guy, it just made too much sense. And, um, and you know, part of the proceeds are a charitable do- donation to, to PC Athletics. So there you go. You're a charitable guy. What can you say? I, well, yeah, I'm, self, I'm selfless. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that will wrap it up for another episode of the Province Crier Podcast. Enjoy the game, everyone. Um, I, I, again, I can't wait. So, have a good one. Peace out. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, eh. Cross over, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, eh. Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh. Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, eh. I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. 
They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe Cross over, I might throw the alley-oop But they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth